Hello, this is On The Left Side, the funny football show. I think the solution we have to talk about Walt and make a year of 400 days a year. <laughs> that is the solution, 400 or 500. If there is one universal truth amongst all the chaos and the madness, one centred belief around which all the fake news and false truths spin, that it is quite simply this. Football and maths do not mix. You only have to rewind to 2017 for very clear evidence of this, when Phil Neville showed a complete inability to count to four on live television whilst making a point. I thought he was trying to out at times. He so desperately wanted to, one, score goals, one, play well, one, be the star, two, four, play for England. That right there is the exact reason that footballers never get asked to be guests on Sesame Street. I mean, apart from Dimitar Berbatov, obviously. One, two, I mean four. Uh, uh, uh. And that's not even your average footballer. That is the coach of the England Lionesses. No wonder they did so badly at the World Cup. Right, we're going to play a two, I, I mean four, three, no, uh, five, for, for, formation. That, that, that's a four, C, pound sign, question mark, asterisk, exclamation mark. I mean, it's very easy to mock. That's why I do it on a weekly basis. But you have to remember that one, live television is tough. One, it was a complicated point he was trying to get across. Two, no, no, four, uh, forget it. Anyway, fast forward to the modern day and we may finally have a reason as to Phil's gaff and football's blind spot when it comes to numbers. That explanation comes from chief teammaker and occasional Chelsea ball catcher Rob Green, who was finding something to do in his spare time by appearing on BBC Five Live and reacting to this interview from Burnley goalkeeper Nick Pope, who was explaining his team's poor form. In the Premier League, the margins are tight, and if you're a percent or two off, which I think we might have been, then you know you get punished. And the last few weeks, we, we seem to get punished. It's standard media-trained footballer bollocks, but thankfully, Green was on hand to translate that interview. Just to decode footballers uh, in interviews, one or two percent is <laughs> 10 to 20 percent. That is his way of saying we've been way off. Firstly, if you work in a restaurant and a footballer comes in, then be prepared to be very upset about the tip you're receiving. And secondly, with that kind of percentile maths, there is no wonder that professional footballers keep on getting into trouble with the tax man. It also explains a whole load of footballing mysteries, doesn't it? With that kind of math, suddenly the old cliche of giving 110% on the pitch actually becomes possible. And West Ham's chairman promising they will achieve European football within five years of moving to the London Stadium. Well, with those maths, that's still got another 45 years left to achieve. Although, does that actually also mean that Jose Mourinho is the special 10. Mm -hmm. I'm getting very confused. Even more recently, a lack of basic math skills was evident in the Sky Sports studio as Roy Keane bickered endlessly with an increasingly high-pitched Jamie Carragher over the future of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at Manchester United. We question Ollie's not up to it, yet for some reason other managers go to clubs and they're given the benefit of the doubt. Give Ollie a bit of time. How long's Ollie been in the job? Or is it 18 months, just over 12 Is it that long? I don't think it's 18 months, the job. It was, it was the defeat here at Old Trafford, wasn't it, for Jose Mourinho that did it's it? It's December months, it? of December 18th. 16. 16 months. Give the man a chance. OK, well, how long would you give Ollie? How long would you give Ollie to give Ollie certainly not a year. 100%. Hang on, hang on, hang on. If he came into the job last December, and it's now January, so one month over a year in charge, does that really work out as 16 months? That's why they're trying to ban heading footballs.
Incidentally, if that carries on, my money's on Keane in that particular fight, unless Kara starts spitting again. The game that was backdrop to Roy and Jamie's handbags, by the way, was Liverpool versus Manchester United, once a titanic battle between two of the biggest clubs in Europe, which has now been demoted to something akin to Katie Middleton and Meghan Markle fighting over which is the Queen's favourite daughter-in-law. It's no real contest. Liverpool won that game comfortably and went 16 points clear at the top of the table. Hang on. Is that actually 160 points now? Never mind. And yet still, for some inexplicable reason, no one, and I mean no one, will admit that it's a done deal as far as the Premier League title is concerned. And that is despite what the papers are saying. If you picked up the Daily Mail on Monday morning, you would have read the headline... Jurgen Klopp has told fans it's time to dream after moving 16 points clear at the top of the table. And when I read it, I thought, finally, he's admitted that it's sewn up. Klopp has faced the truth, although he didn't really say that at all, did he? What he actually said was this, reacting to the chance of we're going to win the league from the Liverpool fans. Yeah, we're not here to dictate what they what they have to sing, so they can sing whatever they want. And so, um, of course, they're allowed to dream, to sing whatever they want. To the untrained ear, like mine, it sounds awfully like Jurgen Klopp is in fact saying calm down and remain focused in his attempts to steer Liverpool to their first league title in 30 years. But then, I'm not a highly trained Daily Mail journalist. Thank God. Going back to Jamie Carragher for a minute, I'm impressed that he's made it as a pundit, to be honest, because way back when he was a footballer, he was never the most engaging of players. There was a time when he would resort to making animal noises in the middle of post-match interviews, just to make himself more interesting. Like the time he did that cracking impersonation of a tawny owl. You know, different game would have been two legs, it's slightly different as well, so, you know, we're quite pleased with it, but you know what I mean. I'll be honest, I didn't think it was going to catch on. I thought Jamie and his impersonations were a bit of a one-off. And I never really thought that sneaking an impersonation or two into a post-match interview would actually become a thing. Turns out I was wrong. Michael O'Neill is clearly a very busy man. He's manager of the Northern Irish team, he's manager of Stoke City, and now, it would seem, he is also manager of Leicester City. After his Stoke side beat promotion favourites West Brom, he pulled out a cracking impersonation of a fellow football manager. Can you guess which one? In terms of the character and determination to win the game, I thought they were fantastic. They showed great character and it was a great three points. Did you get it? Of course. It was Mr Character himself, Brendan Rodgers. They showed great character today. It's uncanny. Do it again, Michael. They showed great character and it was a great three points. Brilliant. Go on, do Frank Bruno next. No? Come on. Everyone can do Bruno. You know what I mean, Harry? Ah, 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 ah. There's no need to be like that. Same to you, pal. Speaking of fucking off, Oxford City were shocked when one of their players sealed a surprise move to South Africa this week. And though it wasn't a January transfer swoop, it was right back Finley Tap who left his employers in the lurch to appear on the new series of Love Island. To make matters worse, the first the club knew of this self-arranged loan deal was when they spotted him on TV. That's when they tweeted this. The club was not aware Finn Tapp was going on Love Island. This is normal protocol for all contestants. We understand and wish Finn luck on the show. It's not only the club he forgot to tell either. His presumably now ex-girlfriend also had the pair still listed as in a relationship when he appeared on the show. But I guess... 
That could have just been a come and get me plea to John Terry. I must confess, I don't know a great deal about Love Island and the thought of sitting down to watch the ITV2 show holds about as much appeal as sitting down to watch Palace versus Burnley. But I do know this, Finn should probably take some solace in the fact that the club even noticed he was missing. Because if that had been Paul Pogba at Manchester United, I doubt anyone would have spotted the difference. I can just see Paul Pogba on Love Island actually. He'd fit right in. That is it for On The Left Side, the latest funny football show. Thank you very much for listening. Please do click subscribe if you like this show. It means you don't have to come and find us. Whenever there's a new episode, we can find you as well. And follow us on Twitter. You can find us at On The Left Side. And most importantly, more importantly than any of that, if you like what you hear, go on iTunes or Spotify or CastBox or wherever you listen to the show and leave us a review because it helps other people find the show and tells us a little bit about you enjoying the show as well. Thanks for coming. I'll see you next time. Goodbye. On the Left Side is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson.